Hey, and welcome to This Creative Life, conversations with creatives on creativity and how we can cultivate, inspire, and nourish our creative souls. In today's ep, I chat to award-winning multidisciplinary designer and illustrator Lou Wright of Wellfed. We talk in depth about her creative journey and her love of being creative, and Lou also shares candidly about what led to her diagnosis of adult ADHD and how she creates day-to-day with this superpower, as well as the importance of prioritizing health and rest in creative business. We are here. Hi. Okay, we're here. I'm here. We're here. You're here. So you ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, lovely Lou, tell us a bit about your creative journey and when did you realize you wanted to be a creative and live a creative life? Yeah, cool. Hi, everybody. My name's Lou. I realized I was a creative probably like under the age of three, I would say. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. I guess like playing and building things and being really bored with like really mundane situations. Like if it was just to do with like, for example, in kindergarten (laughs) while everybody was playing with, you know, bunnies or whatever, I would be playing with puzzles and drawing paintings and things like that. And then it was when I went to, I think it was like my first week of primary school, we had to paint (laughs) See, this is crazy because I remember all this so clearly. Like, it's just like a part of my brain that's just like, why do I need to remember this stuff? But here we are. (laughs) We're painting monarch butterflies. And my teachers are all like huddled over me and they're like, what is this masterpiece? And I was probably like just turned five years old. So I was very, very young. I didn't quite understand like what I was doing. I just knew that I really loved to do it. I'd sit there for the whole class and everyone else was just like, you know, painting and then running around and then back to the painting. And I'm just like, in it painting and painting and painting and then the teachers took that painting and ended up being in the newspaper and I was like okay this is something like I've done something that people have loved and also I've loved it myself so I guess that that was like kind of like a moment for me I was like well I really want to do this and I and I made that decision really really early like everyone knew from the age of five what I was going to be it there was no denying it whether it was art whether it was design whether it was anything within that creative space but it wasn't until I was at high school when I realized which kind of route I wanted to go down. So I did everything. I did the, you know, design, I did painting, I did photography, kept my options open basically because, you know, I got bored easily (laughs) in um, other subjects. I was like, I'm going to do everything. And then really found my path, I guess, once I got to university and figured out, you know, what is visual communication design? What's the difference between that and, you know, fine arts or whatever, photography and I just kind of did everything keep my options open and I guess the wanting to live a creative life I guess it's just kind of ingrained within that it was just like no other option for me really like I liked to do other things I loved my sport I played a lot of sport competitively being active stuff like that you know all my friends a lot of my friends were like PTs and stuff like that which I still really enjoy that sort of stuff uh, but it was just, yeah, this is just like no, no other option for me, really. It was just a very clear path from a very, very young age. I love that. Yeah. I love that you just knew. Yeah. Because and everybody asked it. Because like, let's be honest, when you're growing up and then you hit high school and then you're leaving high school, how absolutely scary and terrifying it is to think about yeah. this career that's ahead of you. And I just love that you totally. just knew. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I have friends that were just like, what am I going to do when I when I leave school? It, it just never occurred to me that that was a feeling to feel. I was like, I've known since I was five years old, this is what I want to do. So it's a very interesting mm. dynamic. <laughs> I'm quite jealous, to be honest. Um <laughs> What does being creative mean to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like since especially this has been going on since five? Yeah, or since yeah, since I was bloody born. <laughs> being creative means, you know, what it means to me is just my whole entire life is colourful and in every single way, not just in terms of like building or painting or doing something colourful. It's watching a film when I'm going for a walk, when I'm talking to people it's like I'm truly seeing and listening because I have that creativity. With my ADHD, I do get a bit like bored sometimes when when things are a bit mundane, but like, you know, going for a walk or, you know, watching a TV show or whatever, it's like it breathes new life when you put it through the lens of creativity. It's not just I'm watching a show. It's it's 
oh my goodness, the colors, this, the cinematography, the way that the camera moves, the, the typography, and, you know, I'd be sitting there with my friends and I'm like, oh my God, that was so cool. Like the way that that happened. And they're like, what, <laughs> why are you focusing on that? And it's just like, I can't not, that's just how my brain works. And it always has from a very young age, I see things completely differently. So it's literally like, there's like a lens over my eyes. Like it's like, this is creativity. You know, if I didn't have that, it would be, I'd be devastated, you know, like that's what I live for is the the brightness and the colorful life. <laughs> that is such a great way to explain it. Yeah. Because you kind of think about things and you see things as a creative, as you were saying, like you just see things with so much more depth mm. and more color and more meaning and purpose yep. and Things are very deliberate, like as you were saying when you were watching shows and stuff. And I, I say this because my husband's a production designer, so it's when we're watching things, it's how like the continuity of a shot oh, and totally. the props and the kind of alignments of things and whether things are really deliberate or not. And that is such a different way of thinking. And I like mm. I've said it before, it's almost like a creative problem solving way as well. Totally. It's just trying to see what people have thought and how things have kind of come about. And yeah. it's so fascinating. Yeah, just not this one kind yeah. of thing it is so fascinating yeah and you're right it's like more color yeah there's more color it's yeah there's color and difference to it color and visual color and voice color and like if you just imagine everything's kind of heightened like through this kind of creativity lens that's exactly what I would explain you know this is what creativity looks like it's kind of like everything's heightened and you dissect things in different ways whether it's different kinds of greens in the bush whether it's you know how the grass feels when you walk with your feet, you know, you're dissecting it in your brain. It's not just I'm walking on grass. It's like, this is crunchy. This is soft. This is just every single moment of life becomes filtered through a different, different way of seeing things, which I'm super grateful to have because I feel like I would be lost (laughs) if I didn't have that. And life is so much more sensorial. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, as we said, as we touched on, there's like purpose and meaning and as you're saying, like the crunchiness and even being able to distinguish the fact that there's several different colours of green and then also what those greens are called. Mm -hmm. Like I think that in itself is quite a talent to be like, oh, no, not that green, that's that green. So it's, you know, it's a very creative thing, right? Yeah. We spoke earlier in death this year about, you know, embracing neurodivergence and prioritising our mental and physical health when it comes to running our own businesses. We both have had our own journeys, so... That's Mm -hmm. how we've connected. You know, when did you, like, when and how did you discover that you had adult ADHD and realize how imperative it was to put your health first and to kind of run a business in a way that really supports your needs? Yeah, totally. So I guess I started to notice that things were a little bit kind of wacky, I guess. My brain started to kind of like do things that I wasn't really used to was when I first went into my first studio job. Because when you're in a studio and you're a designer, you're basically got all this work to do for eight hours a day. And it's just creative work. It's just creative work for eight hours. And I just really struggled with it. And I was like, why do I have to get up from my desk every 10 minutes? Like, why do I have to walk around and go and talk to people and like kind of bounce between all these different areas of the room or, you know, go outside or whatever. And I started to notice people weren't doing that. And I used to feel really bad for having to get up from my desk. And I was like, what is this feeling? Um, And then it started to get worse and I would kind of like put myself down and start to get into that like really anxious and depressive state. So I guess that was the first moment I noticed that things were a little bit odd. And then when I started getting different roles, so, you know, it was leaving the studio for a day to go to a photo shoot or doing other things like doing admin stuff and starting to like bounce between things where I started to kind of balance out. That was the doing the one thing for eight hours a day, having to sit at a desk. I was just like, okay, this is not for me. And then when I moved into my own business, I started to get very overwhelmed very, very fast. That's when I went and saw somebody and then ended up being diagnosed with ADHD. And it made total sense. It was like, okay, this makes complete sense. As a kid, I was not like hyper. Sometimes I would be hyper, obviously, kids are. But I wasn't like the kind that would get told off a lot. But I was the kind that would kind of like go into the areas that I really, really loved and stay to them. And then as soon as I started to do something else, it was like, that's when I started to act out. But so, yeah, I was 27, 28, 27 when I got diagnosed with ADHD. So just a couple of years ago. And since then, it's been a lot easier to kind of like manage it and understand it and, you know, do all the readings and figure out like 
you know, what's best for me and, and what's best for, you know, obviously my partner and my friends and my family and being really like outwardly, I guess, transparent about, you know, what it looks like for me. And in terms of creativity, it's like an absolute superpower. Like I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be able to live without, you know, having a fast brain and having a brain that taps into every single tab of something, which is like really important to me. And I'm like super grateful for that aspect of it. The downs of having ADHD kind of fall into those like really mundane day-to-day things. You know, when you start to forget things, when everything starts to feel really overwhelming and everything becomes a priority and you jump from thing to thing to thing. And, you know, running my own business, it's like every day is different. You know, there's no, no one day is the same. And that's a big struggle for me because routine really, really helps with ADHD because you can actually like block out time and then get into those spaces for your head. And whereas if every, every day is different, you're kind of jumping and then the overwhelm starts to take over. So I guess like having ADHD and then running my own business, I have to be very, very structured as much as I can be anyway. So like if I go to the gym in the morning, that really helps because I'm like, that's done. I don't have to, it doesn't have to overwash, you know, anything else that I'd have to do during the day. But in terms of like actual creative stuff, that's when I get to just like completely flourish. Like if I've got like a bajillion ideas, then I can kind of just like go at that very, very fast. But there are struggles with actually getting stuff done. And I know that other people out there with ADHD will also struggle with this. It's you start something because you're excited about it, but then you start something else because you're excited about it and actually having to like hone those ideas and like bring them into like a tangible end product or iteration. Getting to that stage can be difficult. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of what it looks like. Well, to me, what it looks like to, to you know, you know, be running my own creative business with um, ADHD. <laughs> yeah, it's. I can imagine that it's probably hard as well to kind of. I guess sorry, my chicken sitting there having a purr. <laughs> Cute. It's okay, babe. Um, I can imagine because as you were speaking, I identified a few of my own traits in that, and that's still a TBC situation. Mm-hmm. And I know for me personally. I know I get kind of caught up in, oh, am I, you know, is it ADHD or is it that I'm not motivated <laughs> or you, you know what I mean? And I can imagine you probably experience and see a lot of that on mm-hmm. a daily basis about productivity. Yeah. And I guess like we can also pull in like human design into this. Mm-hmm. I'm your man, Jen, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's all this kind of connection as well with man, Jen's. Mm-hmm potentially being neurodivergent because of all the things that they love and want to do and the interests and stuff. I guess like in that space, like how do you kind of fight through the noise of that? Rest. Yeah. Rest. Like it's the only thing, all the noise, it's like a paralyzation. So if there's too many things going on and there's so much noise and your brain is just like, there's a lot going on and you can't focus on one thing, your body literally shuts down. It's like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. you've got so many things to do. We're just going to do nothing. And to outwardly, that looks like, you know, unmotivation. It looks like you're lazy. It looks like so many different things to other people, but to yourself, you know, wholeheartedly that your body's just like, fuck, just give it a rest. And then we'll come back to it and we'll write a list and we'll get things done. So that'll happen to me once or twice a week where I would just like look like I'm like an absolute bum and I'll be lying in my bed and trying to do work and it's just like this isn't working for me go out and go for a walk go do something else and come back to it a couple of hours later or just like leave it till tomorrow once every part with ADHD you can get a fuckload done really really fast but you have to be motivated enough to do it or you have to be in that space where the creativity is going and your brain's going really really fast if it's not the tank's low and you need to reset and you need to let your body calm down and then soak in some more energy and rest is the best thing for that. I can't give you a yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine PCOS, endo, yeah. all in the mix. All in the mix. Like yeah. it's, I, like I found, and I think COVID personally for me, I know I feel like COVID has exacerbated everything in the sense of like just what's going on in the world, yeah. lack of control, <laughs> lack of I don't want to say freedom because I'm not that kind of person. Like we are incredibly lucky where we live. Totally. It's not about freedom, but it's just the flexibility. Flexibility to be able to do what you want, go to your favorite cafe, have the nice food, all of that kind of stuff. And I mean, we could still have the nice food, but you know, it's that ex- like, you know, when we went to Bronte and we went totally. to Main Street yeah. and just sat by the beach and had our juices yeah. and it was lovely. Those experiences really. But just, I know for me, I just feel like the world is a little bit of a different place now. And that's where I kind of wonder 
what has happened because there are days where I'm like I have to have ADHD like I have to yeah and then I'll read checklists and I'm like yeah no that's it's different for me and then it's different and then it's also like the PCOS stuff as well like the anxiety Mm -hmm. and all of those things that go with it and I can imagine it's just it's fun I can imagine (laughs) it's really fun (laughs) yeah it's um it was actually quite good to be diagnosed with ADHD because it made sense for a whole lot of other things that were going on in my life like in terms of my anxiety and depression and stuff because those really did come from the effects of ADHD so that kind of was like a nice turning point in my life where I realized like it's okay to feel like this um, and it's not my fault (laughs) and you know if my body's doing this to me it's okay and there are ways to deal with it Uh, in terms of my PCOS like I guess like you know, I have to manage my body as well as my brain. It's like I'm still super grateful for like who I am and, and uh, you know, like my body <laughs> in its entirety. But it would be nice to not have that added thing to worry about. But, you know, things could be worse. I happen to manage it, you know, as best as best as I can. But, yeah, it definitely does, you know, when each month or each 70 days when, you know, that time rolls around. I'm super grateful that I work for myself that I can just, you know, work from bed for a week or yeah, take that time to just like say, I'll get back to you in a week or whatever, which a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I'm really, really grateful for that. How do you manage that? Because I know a lot of us would be feeling like, ooh, that would be scary to tell someone I'll get back to you in a week. But it's something that we all have to learn at some point that how, like, like how important our health is. Yeah, totally. And the fact that we are our business's biggest asset. And why is this ingrained in us to not look after ourselves and and create a business around our needs and what makes us happy like how did you find that balance I think it's just when you have the time take it like don't feel like you need to be on the ball constantly like if you've finished a project and you've got a couple of hours in the afternoon just like literally just take that time for yourself and then when the time comes when you're actually you know that actually might help with those rundowns and and those times where you don't want to work (laughs) um you might feel a little bit more refreshed more often but in terms of being sick and you know having time to take off like oh my goodness I need I've got gastro and I need the two next two days off and I have a deadline you will be pleasantly surprised what your client or the person you're working for is going to say like they nine times 9.5 times out of 10 they're going to say all good take the time for yourself and it's a really hard barrier to cross but you know, the first time I was sick for a week, I just had to, like, I had to trial it. I just had to message him and be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. This isn't going to happen this week. And the response I got gave me the confidence to take that time when I needed it with other clients. And to be honest, they're a bit of a dick if they don't, <laughs> if they don't allow you to prioritize your health. But getting over that barrier is the hardest thing. Work comes first, then it's me. Your work is your work. It's not your life. So if you think about yourself in 10 years time, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be focusing on your life. It's not the be all end all, put yourself first. And when we're thinking about like, you know, the Instagram thing and stuff, like you don't have to post on Instagram. You don't have to do any of that. Nobody really cares. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit really. Like just don't prioritize something like that. If it's causing you to, you know, be on your game all the time. Like if you just rest, like just go and, do something else. <laughs> Put their time into something else because nobody really cares at the end of the day. It's so fascinating how we've kind of, I don't know if this is like a product of societal stuff, especially for creatives because, mm-hmm. and I know that like I don't ever want to project my feelings about creativity and society on other people, but I think we can come to a consensus that creatives aren't honoured or valued by some people mm-hmm. in society. And I feel like is what we're doing even kind of worthy of a sick day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of because it's like people think of it as just playing and fun and totally. colourful and yay. And so I know personally for me, I really struggle when it's like, you know, I'm sick. But it's not that hard. Like it's that kind of mm. narrative for me in my head that it's like, oh well, this comes naturally to me. It's not that hard. But it's like at the end of the day, and it's something I've had to learn. And mm. I think did did we talk about the artist way? I talk about this every bloody episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there's a there's a I can't remember what it was. I think it was like literally week one or week two, but it talks about something called a crea mm-hmm. or cryer. Sorry if I've mispronounced that, but it's literally when your body starts to shut down yep. and you are sick 
and you are tired and you're over it and it's because you've been pushing yourself for so long and your body is like, no, no, (laughs) it's time to sit down, it's time to reevaluate. And I think we all go through that at some point where we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. How many more times can I say pushing? (laughs) And we, we finally hit that wall where it's like make or break. It's time to make that decision to put your health first and to actually honor yourself in your business. Because I think we forget as creatives that we're not on call constantly. Like I'm sure people look at it as we're just waiting, like twiddling our thumbs, yeah. waiting for work. Yeah. Anyway, that's a kind of a random tangent, but no, you get where I'm going yeah, with that. Yeah, totally. Just to reiterate what you're saying about the, you know, other people thinking that it's an easy job. At the end of the day, it's, it is a career or a job and they have to be categorized in the same category. That's, it's one, it's one thing. So whether or not you believe or somebody else believes that it's easier than somebody else's job, it's still a job and you still need time for yourself and you still need time for your family and your lives and everything else. One thing that I've done is like remove Gmail from my phone, just those sort of simple things like, and having weekends, like you need to take that time for yourself and you need to do it because everybody else does. Why, why can't you? It's not fair. <laughs> Amen. It's yeah. just tiny little things that just feel so taboo and so like, like I know for me, it's like if I took Gmail off my phone, I'd be like, that's unprofessional. No and way. And it's dumb because like if you were why employed, do I feel this way? If you were employed for eight hours a day, you wouldn't have Gmail on your phone. You'd have it at your laptop in your office and you wouldn't touch it. And it's that's the thing is like people have expectations as to like, everybody should be reachable at all times but that's not really how the world should work and it actually really exacerbates anxiety and and things like that because there's no privacy (laughs) when is the time to you know have time for myself or my family or whatever it's just a little bit unfair yeah Yeah, I agree I agree but like I feel like as you were saying once you do take those steps to kind of go you know what? No, I'm putting my myself first here and I gotta just gotta do what I wanna do. And like the realization as well, and I only had this this year after five years of doing this, mm. like this is my business. Like Yeah. When did I let someone else dictate how I run my business? Totally. When did I let someone else's expectations dictate how I show up? They're really basic things, mm-hmm. but it was a bit of a revelation of like, hang on, wait, why am I doing this? Like, I don't have to do any of this. No. I can start my day when I want. Totally. I can end my day when I want. Yeah. I don't have to work weekends. I don't have to work Fridays. I don't have to do anything in the time of what perceives yeah. like normal for everyone else. And you're doing the work. The client or your you know person's not doing the work. So if you say it's not going to be done until a week from now instead of three days from now, what are they going to do really? They'll just be like, oh, that's a shame, but okay. (laughs) You're doing the work and are employing a builder and they suddenly say, sorry, dude, can't come tomorrow. Let's do next week. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. No one really cares. Like as long as the job gets done in the end, you know, if there's a massive deadline for something, you're prepared for that, right? But if it's a floaty deadline or if it's, you know, a couple of days past a deadline, it's it's not the end of the world. <laughs> and just to kind of add into here, with my conversation with Eloise Jenkins, she shared one of her friend's sayings, which was it's it's PR, not ER. Yeah. So it's like, it's fine. Yeah. Just chill. <laughs> totally. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Anyway, switching it up a little bit, I think we can all agree that you are insanely insanely talented <laughs> in so many facets of creativity. I want to be you, <laughs> be it design, illustration, photography, creative styling and creative direction. Like how do you make space for your own creativity and how do you play outside of office hours? Well, firstly, thank you for your kind words. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> so sweet. In terms of being involved in many different, I guess, facets of creativity, I do find it hard to be creative in my own self. So sometimes it is just watching a show or something that I find extremely inspiring or colorful. But in terms of like doing things with my hands, like it's a a thing for me. Like I get jealous of people sometimes who aren't creatives and they get to be creative in their own time because with ADHD, it's a tank, it's a battery. So once it's depleted, sometimes it's a little bit hard to 
you know, think or get into that zone. Like, for example, we're working on our house that we bought at the moment, which is like my creative outlet right now. It's like I get to actually be a stylist and an interior designer, which is something that I'm super interested in. And I find it's really easy for me to get in that zone because I'm in it. I'm, you know, I'm seeing things. But when I'm on my lunch break or something and my partner comes in the room and asks me 10 questions about, you know, what should we do here? It's like I literally just need to have my lunch and then we can talk about it later because I cannot get into that you know I can't jump from that headspace right now because all I can think about is what I need to do after my lunch break so like things like that I find really difficult but if it's like the weekend you know I've had that time to just like have a wine on a Friday night and just like binge watch a show in the morning I'm like I am ready to go like let's fucking get into it let's paint the whole room green let's do this let's do that and you know that's really exciting to me the other thing I really really love is like creativity and and other things like playing guitar learning songs learning a different like at the moment I'm learning French it's like finding other ways to be creative not just drawing or painting or 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 that sort of thing because I do that every day it's about finding other things that I that I find very very creative cooking baking anything that is like I can have fun with it and make things up or you know learn something learning things a huge thing for me like learning and creativity is a big thing for me I love that I love learning I also think that's an ADHD thing like ADHD people just want to know everything (laughs) everything (laughs) I am with you I'm with you and I've said it before I could just happily be a professional learner I would happily just learn everything that I could I wouldn't necessarily do it like I wouldn't do those things that I've learned I would just want to keep learning and learning and learning and learning and I think there's something so magical about that though. Like I think, and I know we've talked about it before, but just having this openness to the whole world, you know, that you have in your hands and, and wanting answers and understanding. And I think there's something so beautiful about it. I really do. Yeah, totally. The other thing I would say is like creativity in your own time for me is like, the most spontaneous and the most intuitive thing. Like I just, there'll be one moment where I'm just like lying in bed watching a show and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to make a painting or I'm going to do this or, you know, I'm going to start some sort of like project or I'm going to make something or whatever. And it's just like I can, I just listen to it because I know that that's my body going, okay, you've got some juice. Like let's, let's, you know, let's do it. And then it makes rest a lot better and a lot easier and falling asleep a lot easier because a lot of creatives that don't listen to that part of their body or their brain and end up having that they're up until three or four in the morning because that's all they can think about all these ideas they have in their head so when I when my body does that I listen to it because otherwise I ain't getting any sleep (laughs) it's I I wish I could be that way like generally by about 2 p.m. I'm just like and I'm done <laughs> and I'm out but it doesn't need to be work related it can be yeah true you know I want to um I want to make some protein balls and I want to experiment with some with some recipes and I would literally just like if I'm done with that work and I'm like I'm just not getting anything out of it right now and I sit down for 10 minutes and it's like okay cool, I'm ready to go but I'm not going to return to that I'm going to do something else that like kind of keeps that going because if you're not in that right headspace then and you've still got some juice and you know put it towards something else I don't know that's my way I guess yeah, like no I using the tank up <laughs> I relate so much to that because my random secret oddity interest thing is organizing the fridge I love like that. there's nothing better than like fresh groceries yeah redo everything and you wash out things and you just oh yeah love it do I eat that four hundred dollars worth of groceries no but <laughs> Does it look good? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it's such a beautiful thing as well, like finding those therapeutic moments in your life where it's just like literally calms your nervous system. We're so go, go, go all the time being creators because we're like, you know, obviously seeing the beauty and absolutely everything, but taking those moments to just like do something creative that's therapeutic. Like for me, yeah, it's going through my clothes and color, color coordinating them, you know, or like jackets, dresses, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, it's like a release. It like makes me feel so good. Or making the bed and you're like putting the pillows up and making sure that everything looks so beautiful when you walk inside the room. Like that for me is like a huge thing. Doing the dishes with a podcast in my ears or like something I really, really love, like a show or whatever, is super therapeutic. Cooking and doing the same thing is super therapeutic. Yeah. 
I love it. We tend to kind of downplay those little moments of quiet and rest and just, you know, meditation even, like when we're doing repetitive things or like boring mundane things. We I know for me it's just like it's such a nice nice change of pace when mm. you're doing something that doesn't have responsibility or accountability or you yeah. know what I mean like you can kind of just do it the way you want to do it and it's all good and how good does this feel and yes this part of my life just feels really good and uncluttered and healthy and then you can just kind of go on anyway anyway I love it honestly it's like the like the favorite part of my day is like just to mm. like I guess it's, like, it's it's an element of winding down but it's also giving your giving your nerves giving your your body a bit of like a hug (laughs) yeah so as a mentor how do you guide and encourage your mentees to create on their own terms as a mentor I guess I just I start with like getting to know them on like a personal level not just like in terms of like creativity encouragement only goes you know halfway if the person isn't willing to receive it so I guess like each time I bring on our new mentor, it's, you know, we break down those barriers of, you know, receiving not only recommendations, but also receiving in all aspects of their life and kind of break down like why they're not, you know, achieving their goals or why they're not achieving what they want to achieve, whether it be, you know, like a certain amount of money or a certain amount of like time a day to, to work on something or a new business venture or whatever. So like just kind of like breaking down like some belief systems and some barriers as to like why they're not receiving in those aspects of their lives. And then we can kind of like move forward with some recommendations as to like, you know, how to do each of those things. And then I feel like they feel a little bit more grounded than themselves as to like, I can actually take this on. Like I can take this recommendation on. I can take what has been said to me and I can actually work with it. Um, So I guess that's like what I would usually start with is like, you know, why why are they feeling stuck in this space? Break down some of those receptivity barriers and then give them something to, you know, eat up, whether it be recommendations or whether it be some advice or whether it be, you know, anything like that. And then in terms of like creating on their own terms, I guess a lot of that comes out of, for me personally, like if say if I was being mentored, it would be figuring out what time of the day or what time of the week is going to be the best for me to you know, create for myself or for my business, like what am I wanting to create? And then I guess come up with like some sort of skid not I don't want to say schedule, but like time for for myself or for that person each week to create on their own terms. And then in terms of like what well, I guess it's up to them what they're going to be creating, right? Whether it's, you know, a new business venture or goals or or whatever. It's just about like making sure that they feel safe and and honored in that space and then giving themselves the freedom to do that so there's a lot of talk about it's okay to like put time into yourself and actually give them like really tangible examples of like when that works and why it works and then yeah so breaking down those barriers first is really good because then it actually enables them to be like okay this is actually okay and I can do this and I've received this from you and now I can go and and do this on my own terms and not feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do or, you know, like I'm not, yeah. It's a really long-winded answer. but No, no, I've been literally nodding and going, yes, yes, yeah. And I think the realisation of going, you know, you can actually make time for yourself in your business and what you want to do because there's that common notion of you just have to be busy all the time and there's no time to do the things on your business. Yeah. It's working in the business. Totally. Head down, bum up. Yeah. There's no time for you to have fun yeah. because that's perceivably what business is meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a real, I think once you kind of break through going, no, no, my time is my own yeah. and I can push through that and do, like I can make the choice to do, to, to make the time yeah. for what I want to do rather than pushing it aside yeah. for everything else. I think yeah. time is totally the biggest thing here. Yeah, and just giving yeah. them like really like real and tangible examples of like when that might happen. Like for example, you've got a deadline on Friday, but you're not feeling 
say, say this, this, this mentor has come to me saying, you know, I'm finding it hard to, to balance my workload with myself and my clients or whatever. For example, they've got a deadline on Friday, but they're not really feeling the project on a certain day. This has happened to me. It's happened to people that I've mentored before. It's happened to other people that I know. And I can give like actual real examples of like what the client has said, what you've done in the time. You know, I've, for example, taken the time on one of those afternoons, even though I knew I had a deadline on the Friday to really focus on some of the things that were going on in my head and where I wanted to get to, because at the end of the day, you're more important than what's going to happen on that Friday because you are your business and you are that person that's moving forward. You can always push deadlines out if you need to and clients completely, you know, understand that sort of stuff like and and give them examples, like actually read out the emails that I've received. Like, you know, this is absolutely okay to do. And if you feel like you get to that moment and you're like, shit, I'm just going to push it out and put my client work first. You were just going to exacerbate that feeling of like, fuck, I didn't do that thing for myself or whatever. So yeah, just giving like actual like real life examples as to like, this has happened before and it happens to everybody and it's okay. (laughs) It's literal evidence. Yeah. It's evidence, data to show you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's safe. You do you. Yeah. Like you need to do this. Yeah. So. I mean, it's really up to them at the end of the day if they, if they actually take that, you know, take that on board. But yeah. So I guess it's just being really, really focusing on that. Just receive these things and receive whatever else is is coming your way because the the only way that you'll take on advice is if you're actually open, your mind is open to receive it. Otherwise you'll just push it to the back and then continue on. So, yeah. So we talked a bit earlier about some of your biggest struggles when it comes to keeping creative. Like what are some of the ways that you refill your creative cup? Rest. (laughs) To refill a cup, you need rest. Yeah. When you drive into a petrol station, you actually have to stop to put the gas in. So like, that's just like the same with your life. You know, you actually have to stop, pause. You can't drive while putting gas in your car, you know? So I guess that's like a really simple analogy of like your life. You need to, for me, especially I need rest to be able to refill my cup and rest can look different to all people. To me, it's, you know, it can just be as simple as painting even to me as rest, like, if I'm just going wild, like I'm not doing something that's like really, really intricate. But to me, that's like, it feels like a meditative process, something like that, or watching something or listening to a book that fills me up creatively, like say watching a Wes Anderson film, because then I'm like, ooh, pretty. <laughs> or like listening to Harry Potter or something like that, that I just love that's really, really creative. And also like just being like creative like with what I wear like generally on like an everyday basis I'm like in my pajamas or something like trackies and a t-shirt you know like I just really don't care but when I start to think about like my wardrobe you know like that to me is like getting creative like I'm obsessed with Kelly Thompson's wardrobe like I just like go and like watch her stories and I'm like you're so fun like I wish I could pull something like that off um but you know it might be as simple as like well I'm gonna go to an op shop and take $30 with me and it gives me like this kind of like creative barrier where I'm like I've got $30 to spend what can I buy what can I do and that could be clothes it could be buying some sort of furniture and like painting it like where I'm obsessed with DIY at the moment that's like a huge creative outlet for me like I've just been making coffee tables and making like lots and lots of different things and it's like the weekend gives me that time to do that but if I feel like doing that on a Wednesday afternoon because I'm not in a project I'll go do it (laughs) Sometimes with ADHD, you get like this like pent up energy. Like if you're not focused on a project or you're not in a space where you feel like you're getting the best out of something and you've got this like pent up, like, oh, it ends up being like quite like sluggish, then I'll go and do something like that. And then I'm like, right, come back to the project and feel good. It's kind of like the opposite of rest, isn't it? In the sense that you're sitting still and you've recharged and then you're like, "There's, there's shit to do. I have shit to do what do I do? Yeah. And then even the options of all those things you've got to do. Like I think my to-do list of just random side stuff, like I've got a model to make yeah. that's been sitting there and I'm like, no, I just, I need to have a full day to do it. And I mean, it's just the shit that I tell myself yeah. that I need. But you don't need but that. You don't need a full day to do it. That's the thing. But one of the biggest things for me is like feeling it's okay to want to start lots of stuff and it's totally fine if you don't finish it like it's absolutely not going to hurt anybody and it's not going to hurt yourself like and actually just like 
relinquishing that control over I have to have everything now and I have to have everything done now and everything has to be perfect. Removing that like headspace around those those things um, has been like a huge game changer for me. If I start something, I don't have to finish it. Like you literally don't have to give you're starting something because you like it or because you want to do something creative, but you don't have to finish it. Who fucking cares if you don't finish it? <laughs> and I guess that's society's thing of like productivity mm. and and not wasting time no. and showing up yeah. and, you know, totally. I think we just get so stuck in that narrative of just being this ultimate productivity machine yeah. and wipe. It's like, you know, inbox zero and stuff yeah. like that. It's that constant struggle to achieve nothingness almost in the sense of like you've gotten everything done. So anyway, total another subject we could talk all day about. <laughs> so I'd love to know what, where who inspires your work yeah what what do you love what lights you up well one of the biggest things at the moment is I am partner of a a design studio called Wellfed with with my other partner Celeste who also has ADHD so it's fun (laughs) um but working together with her I think is like a really big inspiration to me she's an inspiration to me I'm an inspiration to her and we just work really really well together um So I guess moving into that kind of space as like a studio, you know, we work with contractors and stuff like that really gets me going because I'm like, I get to collaborate with all of these people and it just makes the work so much better and it makes me more relaxed because it's not all on me or Celeste, you know, there's like a big group of us. So that's really inspiring at the moment. I'm really loving that. In terms of like actual people, like inspired by actual people, obviously I see Kelly Thompson before, just like her use of, like just not even like her projects as such, but just like how invested she is into her projects and the people around her and her followers and things like that. And just like her use of color, absolutely everything that she does. I'm just like, it's absolutely beautiful and how like transparent she is with things. Like, so yeah, love her, love Jessica Walsh in terms of like a designer. Jessica Walsh is like queen obsessed 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 with all of the well, she runs courses as well but she does all the stuff for Wes Anderson so she's a designer for film which I'm like oh my god um Annie Atkins, Annie Atkins. love her yeah. obsessed with her um she actually follows me on Instagram so I'm like <laughs> stop it that's yeah. amazing yeah own that yeah love it obsessed with her obsessed with all her work everything Wes Anderson I think being a photographer and a filmographer you know, that was like the first thing I ever did before I even started doing design. So as a trade, I'm just obsessed with everything Wes Anderson does, all of the design work and everything in there. So anything like that, I'm just like, even like cafes and stuff that are like well-designed, you know, bright colors and all that sort of stuff. Like I will happily go and spend money there every single day if I can just like be in that space. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's another thing is like, removing myself from my home and actually going and doing something and like going to like a really yummy cafe that's like really beautifully set up is like really inspires me my friends really inspire me like watching what they're doing in their lives Um, I have a lot of creative friends one of my friends who really inspires me just like her work ethic and just like how passionate and like just get shit done she is is my friend Lizzie Snow you've probably seen us shared some stuff of hers She's 4,100 on Instagram. She does like, she paints mandalas and stuff. And she's just a beautiful human being and I love her so much. And she just is just such a huge inspiration to me. And she's just so young and like just has accomplished so much in her life. And and I'm just, yeah, just in awe of her. In terms of like books and magazines and things, I'm not big on reading unless it's something that's like really like engaging. Like I don't read a lot unless it's, gonna hook me in otherwise you know being ADHD it's really hard to like sit down and read there's actually a um, software I can't remember the name of it but I will find it and send it to you that basically takes books and puts them into like a visual story for you so like reads it and then like animates things like that for me is like amazing (laughs) um let me get my audible list up for you some other very inspiring books at the moment that I have listened to I'm big on audible because I can walk and listen and I don't have to sit down and read where I get real fidgety and being like oh I'm hungry oh I want a cup of tea (laughs) um 
it's a struggle yeah <laughs> um so the book by is true for oh, i just started playing it emily hayward called obsessed is really really good really good for designers i think she i don't know if she's the founder but she's she's like ceo of like red antler or something um red, yeah it's red antler um, in the states uh just the way that, that she talks about brands and stuff is really really inspiring radical candor if you haven't read that that's a good one good strategy bad strategy and then other things that i listen to like i've got hitchhiker's guide to through the galaxy i've got harry potter i've got like you know why we sleep sapiens all that sort of stuff like just anything that's history or like you know podcasts about history just anything where i can learn something i'm just you know that just sparks my inspiration like in an instant <laughs> love that love that yeah thank you for sharing all of that That's okay I've, i have heard of obsessed um yeah but i'll word. definitely check those ones out and i'll link them yeah i'll link them in the podcast yeah. sorry nice. so naff anyway <laughs> um and it's really fascinating about the app that you were saying that animates like mm. visualizes those books that's i can imagine that there are a lot of tools coming out now yeah to support neurodivergence and like yeah have you seen um do you follow holisticism yeah love yeah. her <laughs> and i think she's got this and i guess because i love notion yeah. um she's got like a notion for i think it's like called magical baddies yeah. or something like that but it's for neurodivergence yeah. and i just love that there is this space where it's just making things super fucking normal yeah. like this is not a weird thing anymore this is not a taboo subject anymore this totally. is actually incredibly common and it's yeah yeah it's cool we're cool here totally so celeste cool and i here. um because we obviously both have adhd we both really want to start stuff all the time <laughs> we've got a lot of ideas as to like you know how to help people with adhd like whether it be you know an app for bedtime stories or something you know like just lots of little things we want to create an app that does absolutely everything for us in terms of like a creative studio um but that is very well thought out in terms of like you know the adhd business owner it's all in one space <laughs> just things like that like we're always looking for ways to i guess invent stuff and bring stuff to market it's another big thing yeah always inspired by problems you know what? That's that's what creatives and designers do, yeah. right? <laughs> We're here to solve the problem. Yes. So finally, <laughs> what's your number one piece of advice for creatives on how to find creative fulfillment in this ever-expanding world and, you know, for fellow neurodivergence as well as yourself? Like how do you do it all? <sighs> Creating, finding creative fulfillment to me is not being creative constantly it's like finding a balance of actually living my life and making time for areas of my life where I wouldn't be creative um, makes the creative bits brighter I think it makes them feel more full it makes it feel more I guess exciting you know because if you're creative all the time it starts to not feel exciting so that would be one thing another thing would be to like focus on your your own creativity and what you like and what you love to do not what anybody else is doing because I feel like being on Instagram and looking at what everybody else is doing, looking at Pinterest, it starts to get really overwhelming and it feels like there's trends and things like that and you start to stick to trends and then it's like, who the fuck actually am I? What do I like? So one big thing for me is like I've stopped using Pinterest. Like I'm when I'm looking at projects and stuff, if they want to send me a mood board, that's fine, but we do not do that anymore. We don't look at Pinterest. We are inspired by the strategies we've built. We're inspired by real life associations and, and experiences and insights rather than looking at something visually and being like, oh, let's make it like that. You know, it's not fulfilling in that way. Emily actually talks a lot about this and Obsessed. It's about finding, you know, insights from all aspects of your life and inspirations from that. It doesn't have to be something that's on your screen that you can look at and be like, oh, that makes me feel good because it's pretty, you know. Which I guess, like, uh, if, you're, if you've worked in a studio, you do a lot more of that, a lot more of, you know, it's not just what something that's on a screen that you can, you know, adapt or play with or, you know, steal some colours from and <laughs> because you like it or whatever. It's a, it's a lot more of let's talk about the past couple of months of our lives and what's, like, influenced us to make decisions and things like that regarding these sorts of products or whatever if, you, if you're working in, in that space, which I find super, super fun. Like, I love that sort of stuff. And then in terms of like the ever-expanding world, again, it's just you are contributing to that ever-expanding world. You're not falling behind. So do not focus 
too much on what everyone else is doing and you go at your own pace and go at you know whatever whatever you love because that's ultimately what's going to make you happier and then when you're happier that's going to drive your creative work to be better so don't do something if you don't like it just don't do it (laughs) it's really as simple as that and it does for some reason take a really long time to really embrace that and I know there's that kind of narrative of when we're first starting out that we should take everything on and like to a degree I agree because it's about experience and learning and learning how to kind of manage client situations as well but I feel like if we potentially had a very different approach to when we first start out these ventures and we're only kind of focusing on what we love and like I can imagine that if we're only doing what we love how much bigger and brighter we would be rather than just kind of being stuck in the narrative of what everybody else is doing yeah because it's so easy to get caught up in and again I'm everybody I'm sorry because every time all I do is talk about Instagram but (laughs) it's it's the truth it's like we really look to Instagram as a indicator of success and what people are doing and where how do we how do we keep up with that and well we're not doing that so what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Are we even offering so like I mean the list goes on totally. all the thoughts and it's something that it's like especially when you're saying about not using Pinterest that actually kind of blew my mind yeah. even though that's really dumb because <laughs> it's like I love Pinterest yeah. but you kind of think about it and it's like wow that would be like me creating back in primary school yeah like with no other external 100%. influences it would literally just be your imagination mm-hmm. your problem solving and that's kind of a weird concept to me to think about mm-hmm. at this stage. That's what designers are. We design from yes. we design from experiences. We design from that because we have those sort of brains that hold that sort of information. For an example, I always go back to this project because it like blew my mind. I um I used to work with a creative director who was really really creatively incredible, and we had to create these like <laughs> containers that were filled with stuff like in like a city and we had to make them pretty but also kind of like hide them which was like the weirdest brief ever I know but he was like you know those ships from like the like the navy back in you know not 18 something something they used to paint stripes on them to make them look like they were you couldn't figure out where the front of the boat was the side of the boat whatever there's a certain name for them and he was like blah, blah 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 and I was just like you're amazing the fact that your brain went there and you know, we can come up with our own design, you know, make it do stripes, put colors, make it like real pretty, but also make it look like it's not this big square thing, like just sitting in the middle of a concrete, whatever, in, the, in like a, in a space. Yeah. And I just keep going back to that like example in my head is that like, you literally do not have to look at anything before you come up with an idea. It's all in here. Like you just have to trust yourself. So yeah, I guess that's a, that's a big thing. <laughs> trust in your own that creativity. Was- <laughs> That was perfect. Yes. I feel like that is hands down the best advice ever. Yeah. It really is. And it's also about like trusting yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I could, I say this all the time, but I could do this all the time. (laughs) Let's just do this all the time. Let's just do it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm I'm always open for chats and if anybody wants to talk to me, like hit me up because, you know, I'm always open for chats. Yes, get her up. She's good. And follow her. It's good too. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share the love and leave a review. And if you've left a review, thank you so much for your support. I'm so, so grateful. You can subscribe and rate my podcast on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow along on Spotify. You can find me sharing some good stuff over on Instagram at at thiscreativelife.podcast, along with more info about the podcast and any resources mentioned in this episode at thiscreativelife.com.au. Until next time, keep creating.